chapter 20, and we're going to read the, the uh, Apostle John's account of the resurrection. We're going to look at a couple things from it, but then we're really just going to see the importance of the resurrection for our faith this morning. So John chapter 20, we're going to read 18 verses. It'll be on the screen. You can follow along here. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to John chapter 20. So let me read for you this morning. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out, heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying. One at the head, one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken my Lord away, she told them. And I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing that it was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said to her, since I've not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. Let me pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that you are the conquering king, that you conquered sin and death and hell and the grave on Easter Sunday when you rose triumphantly, literally, bodily, you rose from the grave. Because of that, we have victory, we have hope, we can trust you, we have salvation. So this morning, Lord, as we consider the resurrection, the importance of the resurrection, would you give us ears to hear? Would you comfort us where we need comfort, challenge us where we need to be challenged, conform us, transform us into the image of Jesus Christ, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... Uh, John chapter 20 gives us the account of the resurrection. And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the other three gospels, we have accounts of the resurrection. They all focus on different details of the resurrection story, but they all tell us the same story. It tells us that, that the 
women followers of Jesus were the first ones to go to the tomb. It tells us that they went there and they found that the stone was rolled away and Jesus was not there. John is the only one who gives us the detail of Mary hanging around after everyone else had left. And in that moment, she saw Jesus. She didn't know it was Jesus, but he called her by name. And when he said her name, she knew it was the Lord. What an incredible thought that we have a God who knows our name, that we have a Savior who calls us by name. He knows us. He knows everything about us. And when Mary heard Jesus call her name, she knew it was the Lord. Well, this morning I want us to see that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. If someone says they're a Christian but they do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the truth is they are not a Christian because the resurrection is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Here's what Romans chapter 10 verses 8 and 9 says. It says, this is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God, what? Raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As followers of Jesus, we are called to a specific kind of faith. It's not just kind of a vague spirituality. We are called to a specific faith that Paul says declares that Jesus is Lord and puts our faith in his resurrection from the dead. It's not just some kind of spiritual quasi-resurrection. It is a literal bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is the faith that we're called to, and, and there is no other Christian faith than that. Now, we live in a culture where there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, and there's lots of different versions of what that looks like. We've got, we've got you know, um, Christians who want us to focus on the teachings of Jesus, love your enemies and forgive. And that's wonderful. Those are important teachings, but that's not all there is to Jesus. They want us to focus on the kind of countercultural, revolutionary aspects of who Jesus was, the guy that spoke truth to power. And that's important. That's part of who Jesus is, but that's not all there is to Jesus. Jesus' teachings are only part of the story. Jesus' teachings are, are not really the cornerstone of our faith. Jesus' resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith. Now look, Jesus' teachings are truth. They're important. We're going to look at that in just a minute. But without the resurrection, how could we trust Jesus' teachings? Unless Jesus rose victoriously from the grave, why would we trust all of these other things that he said we're going to Look at why that's true. There's a lot of people who want to separate Jesus the man from Jesus the Savior. They want to kind of make this Christian faith that kind of fits their own mold, but God's word doesn't leave that open to us. This is the message we proclaim to you. This is the faith we proclaim to you, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Then you will become a Christian. So, 
the resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith. Now, there have always been critics of the resurrection. Uh, In Matthew, in the end of Matthew, it tells us uh, that the Jewish religious leaders, they, they recognized that the tomb was empty, and so it tells us that they called the soldiers in who were guarding the tomb, and they said, look, we don't know where the body's at, but I want you to tell people that his disciples came in the night and stole him away. And don't worry, if you get in trouble, we'll go to bat for you and we'll make sure you don't get executed for your negligence. But we can't let this rumor about the resurrection get out there. That's, that's what Matthew tells us. There was a famous Greek historian um, in probably about 100 or 200 years after Jesus Christ, who, man, he did not like Christians. His name was Celsus. And uh, he wrote a book telling why Christians were stupid and, uh, you know, all of the things that they believe, why why it was crazy. Uh, One of the things he said is, the Christian faith is based on the testimony of some hysterical women who went to the tomb and who were deluded by the sorcery of Jesus. That's what Celsus said. And I think it's incredible that Jesus chose to reveal himself to Mary and to Joanna and to to Mary, the wife of Clopas, to these women who came to the tomb, that they would be the first heralds of the resurrection. That was revolutionary in history. In, In Jewish law, women couldn't even testify in court. We've come a long way, right? Jesus chose to reveal the resurrection to these women, to chose to reveal himself to Mary Magdalene before anybody else. And this Roman historian Celsus, he said, you know, that this is proof that it's not true. What a crazy thing to say. I, I think it's proof that it is true. If the disciples wanted to make up some version of faith that fit their culture, it would not be the faith of the Bible. They didn't, they didn't make this up. If they wanted to make it up, they would have made a story that made more sense to the Jewish people and the Roman people of that day. But the whole story of the gospel is countercultural. And we've gotten used to it. Right? For 2,000 years, we've gotten used to the story of the gospel. But friends, make no mistake, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. And it changed everything for the people in the first century. And there were people who were against this resurrection. There were people who were, who were trying to make uh, the followers of Jesus out to be crazy people. But the truth is that they turned the world upside down because of the power of the resurrection. The first Christians who were persecuted and martyred for their faith, they were not persecuted because they said, love your enemy. They were persecuted because they said, Jesus rose from the dead. They were not persecuted because they said, um, you know, you should tithe. They were persecuted because they said, Jesus rose from the dead. They were not persecuted because they said that there is only one God. They were persecuted because they said that Jesus rose from the dead. In Acts chapter four, It tells us the story of Peter and John who were going to the temple one day and and there was a man who was uh, lame. He couldn't walk and he asked for money and Peter and John said, we don't have any money, but here's what we do have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. 
And it says that he got up walking and leaping and praising God. And then they began to teach in the temple and they taught about the resurrection of Jesus. So Acts chapter 4 tells us, while they were speaking to people, the priests, the captain of the temple police and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them, took them into custody until the next day since it was already evening. From the very beginning, the message of the Christian faith is resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, four things, and and I won't be long. Here's the first one. If there is no resurrection, then Jesus is a liar. If there is no resurrection, then Jesus is a liar. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Verse 21 says, from then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, chief priests and scribes, be killed, and be raised on the third day. Pretty clear, right? Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. All through the Gospels, we see Jesus teaching his disciples, guys, I've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to get crucified. And then I'm going to raise from the grave. We see it in all of the Gospels. Jesus begins to teach his disciples this, but they didn't get it because that's crazy. They thought, well, he must, must just be figurative language. We don't know what he's talking about. They didn't understand it, but Jesus clearly taught it. In John chapter 11, Jesus is there at the resurrection of Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the grave. And that day, Jesus is speaking to one of Lazarus' sisters. Her name is Martha. Jesus tells her in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she says, yeah, yeah, I know one day. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus was teaching this truth before he went to the cross, before he rose from the grave. The Old Testament prophesies about it, but the people didn't get it. But then it happened. (laughs) And everything changed. All of a sudden, Jesus' teachings made more sense than they ever had before. In fact, Jesus' own brothers, James and Jude, these are two of Jesus' brothers. They're also two writers of the New Testament. James wrote the book of James, and Jude wrote the book of Jude. They were Jesus' brothers. And the Gospels tell us that they didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. They said, this, uh, this guy's our brother. <laughs> Jesus, you got to stop saying all this crazy stuff. Remember, we grew up with you. We played hide and seek together. Like, stop all this stuff. But then something happened. Something changed. Jesus rose from the dead. And so James writes in James chapter 1, verse 1, he says, I am James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James, Jesus' little brother, defined himself as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus rose from the grave, everything changed. Jude, 
another of Jesus' brothers who didn't believe, now believes, Jude 1. He says, I am Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. A servant of Jesus Christ, but a brother of James. He was also a brother of Jesus, but the resurrection told him that Jesus was much more than his big brother. He said, I am a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. The resurrection vindicated everything, proved everything that Jesus told us and taught us. If there is no resurrection, Jesus is a liar. However, if there is a resurrection, then everything Jesus said is right and true, and we can trust him. Here's the second thing. If there is no resurrection, we are still dead in sin. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, by the way, the Apostle Paul was another guy who denied the resurrection. He persecuted Christians who said that Jesus rose from the dead, but Jesus met him and changed everything. And now listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. In other words, a faith that believes in anything short of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a worthless faith. You're still in your sins. Those who have fallen asleep or died in Christ have perished forever. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. He says, if all our faith is, is something to make us feel good as we live our life on earth, then that's a pitiful faith. If there is no resurrection, we are still dead in sin. It's what Paul tells us here. If there is no resurrection, we are still dead in sin. What is that? Why does that matter? Last week, we talked about the work that Jesus finished on the cross, and so we, we talked about Jesus paying for our sins. But really quick, I just want to ask the question that people have asked me before. Why couldn't God just take us all to heaven and forgive all our sins? Why, you know, why did Jesus have to die and raise again? I mean, he's God, right? He could just say, hey, come on in, everybody. But the problem is we're sinners, that means we're, we live in active rebellion against God. And so, if God never dealt with this sin and rebellion in our lives and just said everybody's welcome, then heaven would be a place full of rebels. And then it would look just like earth. Like all the same stuff that we say, oh God, one day deliver us from this. Like that, that can only happen when he deals with the sin and the rebellion and the human heart. And he did that on the cross. Jesus dealt with sin. People say, well, you know, why, do, why does God send people to hell? By the way, we believe there is a literal hell and a literal heaven. Hell is a place you want to avoid at all costs. And heaven is a place that you want to do whatever you have to do to get there, and that's faith that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. But people say, yeah, but how could a loving God send people to hell? It's our unbelief that sends us to hell. Jesus said, those who do not believe are condemned already. And why is that? It's because we've got a sin problem. And if there is no resurrection, that sin problem cannot be dealt with. So let me read you a verse out of Romans chapter eight that explains this better than I can. 
Romans 8 verse 3 says, what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirements would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. God says there's a law and the law says this is sin and this is righteousness. And if you live in sin, then you have to deal with the consequences. And because in our flesh, we could not deal with the consequences, this scripture says that God did it by condemning sin in the flesh of his son, Jesus Christ. My sin and your sin was taken onto the person of Jesus Christ on the cross so that God could invite us to be adopted as his sons and daughters, so that God could invite us to live eternally with him in heaven. And if there is no resurrection, then that sin is never dealt with. There's two parts to this salvation or justification as the word scripture uses. We're forgiven of our sins, right? The old is gone. The old is gone, but there's also a part that we're given a new standing before God, that we're no longer sinners, and now we are righteous. Scripture says the old is gone and the new has come, and so this new righteousness is given to us. So we stand before God righteous, and that was accomplished through Jesus' death and resurrection. God had to punish sin because he is a good and just God. If he didn't punish sin, then sin would continue to go on unchecked. All of the atrocities that have ever happened, all of the things that we hear on the news and we go, man, I can't believe that. I was talking to Karina Ibarra this week and she was telling me about a a story uh, in Mexico where she's from of a young lady that was kidnapped and they just found her body and the story is, is unbelievable. That's the world we live in. That's sin, and that sin had to be dealt with. And if God doesn't deal with that sin, how could he be a good God? But he did deal with that sin. Jesus Christ took all of that sin in his body on the cross. But if there was no resurrection, then that sin would not be dealt with. And so Paul says, we would still be dead in our sin. But there is a resurrection, Romans 8. Third, if there is no resurrection, we do not have the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 continues, I read verses three and four, but verse eight says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives life, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if by, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit. 
And then in John chapter 16, really quick, Jesus said, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go, the counselor or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. If there is no resurrection, we don't have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away and it's good for you because when I do, I'm gonna send the Spirit. And Paul tells us in Romans 8, that because of the resurrection, we have access to the Spirit of Christ and that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is working in our bodies to give us spiritual life. This is so important as believers because we cannot follow Jesus. We cannot live our faith without the Holy Spirit working in us. We can't do it. Without the resurrection, we don't have the Holy Spirit, but because of the resurrection, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work within us, empowering us, giving us peace, giving us comfort, giving us hope, giving us joy, revealing to us God's truth. That's what the spirit does in our lives and it's because of the resurrection. Here's the last thing. If there is no resurrection, we have no power over sin. If there is no resurrection, we have no power over sin. And I, I just want to read you a couple more verses out of Romans chapter 8. Just told us about the Spirit. We operate in the Spirit because the Spirit of Christ is in us. And then verse 12 says, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, that is in, in our own desires, in our sin, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, God saves us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ when we put our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and turn to God, he saves us. However, he also calls us in this scripture to put to death the deeds of the body. That is sin. We are called to fight sin. We are called to put sin to death. We are called to take off the old self and put on the new self. And sometimes as Christians, we go, well, you know, I... I'm just a sinner. Yes, praise God, we are just sinners saved by grace who have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can fight sin. We don't have to live in sin, but we do. We say, yeah, I, you, know, I, that's just, you know, that's just how I am. I'm just a negative person. <laughs> Except I'm just, a, I'm just an honest person, right? That's what negative people say. I'm just an honest person. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, my parents struggle with that and I, I'm gonna just struggle with that for the rest of my life. That's just, that's just who I am. It's too hard. I've tried and I've prayed and I've asked God to help me, but, but you know, it's just too hard. So I, I know God loves me anyway. And we don't fight. <laughs> we don't fight sin. Fighting sin is not what makes God love you. God loves you because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fighting sin is not what makes you righteous. 
We are made righteous because Jesus Christ's righteousness is given to us. Scripture says we're clothed in robes of righteousness, right? It's not my righteousness. I get to put on his coat. I, I remember when Brooke and I were dating, you know, and I would give her my coat or I would give her my sweatshirt, right? Oh, are you cold? Are you cold? Let me give you my sweatshirt. You guys remember that when you were, you know. I, do, I still do sometimes if my wife is cold. I'll give her my coat if I'm wearing a coat. Give it to my daughters when they're cold. And, uh, and you know, sometimes when I wear a coat to church, and I know some of y'all love it when I wear a coat to church. And I, I will again, you know, you never know. Some days I'll have it and some days I won't. Um, sometimes I let my boys wear my church coat. Uh, my son Jeremy calls it his pastor jacket. And so... He puts it on and it's long and it almost drags the ground. He walks around in it. But it's my coat, but I just let them wear it. And that's what the righteousness of Christ is in our lives. We are given this robe of righteousness. We are clothed in Christ's righteousness. It's, it's not ours. We just get to put it on. And God sees it and he goes, oh, that's the righteousness of Christ. They are right before me. That's what, that's what that means. We are made righteous. However, we're still called to fight sin. While we're wearing that robe of righteousness, we're called to go to battle against sin. Not so that we can get the robe of righteousness. We already have it. So be who you are. <laughs> be righteous. Peter tells us, be holy because God is holy. That's what we're called to do. There is no resurrection. We can't do that, though, because it's through the resurrection that we put to death sin. So, let me wrap it up. The resurrection is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. There is no Christian faith that discounts the resurrection. It's not Christian faith. Might be some kind of spirituality. Might be some kind of self-help-ism. But it ain't. Christianity. There's a lot of people in our culture who call themselves Christians, and they can define it in all kinds of ways. You've, you've met them, you know what I'm talking about. But until somebody says, Jesus Christ is Lord, and I believe that God raised him from the dead, they are not saved. It's the cornerstone of our faith. And because of the resurrection, we can know that everything Jesus said is right and true. It was, like, it was like the seal of approval at the end of Jesus' teaching and miracles in life. God said, that's my son. That is the second person of the Trinity. He rose from the dead. You better do what he says. <laughs> because of the resurrection, we can trust Jesus Christ. Because of the resurrection, we can be made right with God. We are no longer dead in our sins because of the resurrection. We can be made right with God. We can be saved. And maybe you've never come to that point of salvation today. And I would invite you that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for your sins. He rose from the grave to give you victory over those sins. And if you put your faith in him, you can be saved today. Because of the resurrection, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christians, 
you have access to the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Don't do life without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to live your Christian faith without the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do it in your own power. Walk in the Spirit every day. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Give Him control. You cannot do it without Him. Because of the resurrection, we have access to Him. Because of the resurrection, we have victory over sin. And maybe there's someone in here today who has just given up fighting. I'm always gonna struggle with this addiction. I'm always gonna struggle with this attitude. I'm always gonna struggle with this unforgiveness. I'm always gonna struggle with this bitterness. I'm always gonna struggle with this thing or that thing. I can't do it. You're right, you can't do it. But because of the resurrection, you have power to be able to fight it, to put sin to death. And so this morning, the application is, are you trusting Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus? His promises, his commands, his teachings, are you trusting him? You can and you should because of the resurrection. Have you come to Jesus in faith for salvation? You can today because of the resurrection. Are you living in the power of the Holy Spirit, Christian? You can today because of the resurrection. Are you being conquered by sin or are you living victorious over the sin in your life? You can have victory today because of the resurrection. Why don't you stand up with me? As God may be calling you to respond, I invite you to do that. Maybe one of these areas today that we have access to because of the resurrection is an area where you've been struggling. Maybe there's a sin that you've been struggling with. Today you have victory because of the resurrection. Maybe you've been living powerlessly without the Holy Spirit in your life. Today you have the power of the Holy Spirit available to you because of the resurrection. Maybe you, you've been struggling to trust God's promises, to trust Jesus' words. Today you can trust him because of the resurrection. Or maybe you've never come to Jesus in faith for salvation. You can come to him today because of the resurrection. Lord God, thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, remind us every day that that is the bedrock of our faith. That if we want to grow in understanding you and your teachings, we need to do that through understanding the resurrection. That if we want to grow in, in our Holy Spirit-empowered living, that's because of the resurrection. If we want to fight and put sin to death in our life, it's because of the resurrection. And those who have never come to you in faith for salvation today, they can because of the resurrection. Lord, Easter Sunday <laughs> is every day in our lives because thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Lord, I pray today, as you may be moving in hearts and lives, I pray that people would respond. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're just gonna have a time of commitment. I wanna give you an opportunity to pray. You can come down here to the front and pray. You can pray where you're at if you want to. 
you can ask someone to pray with you. I'll be right down here in the front. I would love to pray with anybody today who just wants to pray with someone. Maybe there's one of these areas that we talked about today and you just feel God moving in your heart. I, I would encourage you to just step out and come down here and lay it down at the altar and pray. If there's anyone who says, today I need to know Jesus as Savior, I, man, there is nothing better that could happen today than for you to come to Jesus in faith. I would love to pray with you. So as uh, John leads us in a song, I invite you to respond however God may be calling you.